Welcome to the October 3rd, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast. We cover the biggest stories of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency every single day. You can count on us being here. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. Jumping right into the market. The Bitcoin market has been hovering between $6,400 and $6,500 most of the day. But then at the very end of the day, it has popped up all the way to $6,650 on Bitfinex before leveling out to $6,600. So it's slightly above that $5,800 support level that we keep talking about. Basically, Bitcoin's price has been ramming into this $5,800 support level over and over this year. And it bounced off of it again. It was at like $6,100 maybe a week or two ago. And it keeps us basically long-term, if you look at the long-term chart, Bitcoin's price has been stabilizing towards $6,000, like it's asymptoting towards it. So the support level is very real, but at the same time, the whole Bitcoin market is stabilizing. And Bitcoin's a lot more stable than it's been at any time in the past year now. And this is actually a great time for innovation and building of new blockchain platforms and Bitcoin companies and crypto companies. Because when the Bitcoin price is more stable, it's better as a currency and it allows companies to grow without volatility messing their operations up. And so past studies have shown and also my expert analysis that during bear markets, quote unquote, even though the Bitcoin price is much higher than it was like a year or two ago, this is still called a bear market because it went down a bunch from 20,000 in December 2017 to around 6,600 now. But in bear markets, since there's less volatility, once the bear market levels out, that's when most of the innovation happens. That's when most of the crypto companies launch, most of the hedge funds start launching, most of the technology starts launching. Because with stability of price, Bitcoin becomes more of a currency instead of like an investment. When Bitcoin's price is going up, everyone's trying to hold it, and it forces the price much higher, and it's not really good as a currency purpose. Like Because if Bitcoin's price is going up a lot, people don't want to trade it anymore for goods or services. But when price is going down, people want to trade it for goods and services. So it spurs innovation, and now the price is stabilized after all the people were trading it for goods and services because the price is going down. So the trade continues, and now it's kind of like more of a real currency. So that's the situation we're in. Right now, the price might be a lot lower than December 2017, but innovation and the building of new companies is higher than ever. Jumping right into our first story. So someone developed a Lightning Network-powered Bitcoin soda machine, and there's been a few inventions like this this year, and I posted them all in an article on Bitcoin News. Someone made a candy machine in June 2018 where you just like, there's a QR code on the candy machine. You swipe it like you have the wallet open on your phone, like a blockchain.com wallet. You swipe the QR code with your phone. You send a small amount of Bitcoin and it instantly dispenses candy. Then there's the coffee machine. It's very similar. You swipe the QR code on the coffee machine and it pours you a cup of coffee. And now we have the soda machine. This one just came out. You swipe the QR code on the soda machine and it pours you a cup of soda. And in the video, he uses a cup full of ice. It looks really appealing so what this really shows is that bitcoin software and technology could be adapted for all sorts of vending machines basically bitcoin can handle microtransactions on the bitcoin blockchain itself uh the transaction fees are sometimes as high as one dollar because right they went up to like fifty dollars for transaction fees way earlier on when there was a crisis earlier in the year but since then it's been between like 10 cents and one dollar sometimes as low as one cents for a transaction so but still, even if it's like 50 cents for a transaction fee, using the Bitcoin blockchain is not ideal for stuff from a vending machine because stuff from a vending machine is like 50 cents to a US dollar. It's like usually less than a dollar. Maybe it's like $2 at the most. But with the Lightning Network, that's what these machines use. Like the Soda Machine definitely uses the Lightning Network. You could send micropayments. You could send like one cent and then there's like basically zero transaction fees on the Lightning Network. It's not zero, but it's minuscule. It's almost zero. 
So you could send like a dollar for a vending machine purchase and not have any transaction fee really with the Lightning Network. So I think the Lightning Network integrated with Bitcoin, integrated with vending machines is going to be a big thing in the future. It's a lot more convenient than carrying change in your pocket or cash. Because cash and change, like even though people don't usually get robbed for their change, it's a lot more secure to have cryptocurrency in your phone than to have change in your pocket because the cryptocurrency can't be used unless you log in with your password. Change can just be taken out of your pocket, God forbid. So cryptocurrency is a lot more secure and also it's a lot more convenient. You just swipe your phone over a vending machine and you have all the money on your phone. So like you'll never be like, oh man, I didn't bring my change. Oh man, I only have a $20 bill. You could have $100 in your Bitcoin account and still only pay a dollar for your vending machine purchase of like candy or soda or coffee. So it's a lot more convenient to use Bitcoin than to use regular cash for vending machines. And I think it's going to be a big thing in the future. And you can look at the article on Bitcoin News and see these prototypes of a soda machine, a coffee machine, and a candy machine that use Bitcoin and Lightning Network technology. Now for our next story. The Bitcoin market is comparable to bacterial growth. Yes, you heard that right. Bitcoin's market behavior is comparable to bacterial growth. So bacteria grows in several stages. At first, there's the acclimation phase where it gets used to what's going on around it. And it, it just like stays there. It doesn't like, there's something called mitosis where the bacteria cells divide and that's how they reproduce. We all know how people reproduce. Bacteria are different. They actually just split in half and they become like two bacteria and so on and so forth. So first they acclimate before they start reproducing and that's called the lag phase. And then they start reproducing exponentially until all the resources are used up. So whatever caused the bacteria to start growing in the first place, like let's say someone drops like a cube of sugar in a petri dish full of like some bacteria. First they acclimate to the sugar going into the dish and then they start growing exponentially until the sugar is all used up. They use up all the resources and then there's a stagnation phase where like they stop dividing and the bacteria don't have any more resources to divide but then eventually they start dying off and that's called the death phase. I also call it the decay phase because like all the bacteria don't have to die but sometimes they do in the petri dish. But how do we apply this to the Bitcoin market? So in the Bitcoin market, there's technology like Bitcoin ATMs, crypto exchanges, and crypto hedge funds. And whenever one of these is added to the Bitcoin space, it's kind of like throwing a sugar cube into a Petri dish. So the addition of Bitcoin ATMs is like throwing a big sugar cube into a Petri dish full of bacteria, basically. So when Bitcoin ATMs are added, first people got to get used to the Bitcoin ATMs. The Bitcoin ATMs have to figure out regulations and how they're going to buy Bitcoin and all that. But then the price of Bitcoin starts going up until the Bitcoin ATMs are maximized. An even better way to look at this is crypto hedge funds. The crypto hedge funds are acclimating right now. They're building up. They're starting to get their first investments. But so right now it's the acclimation phase. It's the lag phase for crypto hedge funds. And then people are going to start investing a lot in crypto hedge funds. And then until it hits the maximum point. So the exponential phase, Bitcoin's price will go up from crypto hedge funds until the maximum amount of investors and then some have invested in the crypto hedge funds. And then it enters the stagnation phase, but there is no real stagnation phase for Bitcoin. It basically goes right from exponential growth to decay because Bitcoin's price tends to way overshoot its equilibrium. So like a new thing's added to Bitcoin, like Bitcoin ATMs or crypto hedge funds, it causes Bitcoin's price to skyrocket, but speculation brings it way above what the resources can sustain price-wise. So then it immediately goes from exponential to decay. So that's how Bitcoin works. There's almost no stagnation phase. So right now, we're kind of in the decay phase from the big rally in December 2017. 
But it might also be entering an acclimation phase because all these crypto hedge funds are coming in. So it's like the lag phase slash acclimation phase slash end of a decay phase right now. Basically, Bitcoin's network is uh, adapting to what happened in the crash following December 2017. It's getting used to the technology it has. And then once a new piece of technology like crypto hedge funds, which is happening, comes along and matures, then we're going to enter the exponential phase again. So just to sum it up, Bitcoin's market behavior is a lot like bacterial growth. Now for our next story. Child pays for parent is being deployed by Coinbase. And apparently other exchanges have done this in the past, but I'm just going to explain what this is. So sometimes when you send a Bitcoin transaction from an exchange like Coinbase, you send it, but then the fees for the transaction go up a lot. And during the time between when you send the transaction from the exchange and then the time the next block is found, if the fees rise a lot, then the transaction could get stuck. Basically, how Bitcoin transaction fees work is if someone pays a higher fee than you, their transaction gets confirmed first and your transaction will wait. So if a lot of people pay higher fees than you because the transaction fees suddenly rose, your transaction could be waiting for hours and hours. You have to wait until the transaction fees on the entire Bitcoin network go down for your transaction to go through. That could take hours or days. And a lot of Coinbase customers have been complaining about this, so they start doing child pays for parent. Basically, when you send a Bitcoin transaction, there's change usually. So let's say you send $20 of Bitcoin, but in the wallet that it's being sent from, there's $100. What? When you said $20, $80 of Bitcoin sent back to you in a change transaction. It's the same as if you go to a register, you buy, let's say you're at a pizza store and you have a $100 bill and you want to buy $20 of pizza. You bought a big extra cheese pizza, extra large, 20 bucks. So you give them $100, they give you back $80. So you gave them, you paid $20, but $80 came back to you in a change transaction. Bitcoin works the same way. So with Coinbase, when they send Bitcoin to you, they have change that goes back to them. And then let's say your Bitcoin transaction gets stuck. They could use that change transaction and attach another transaction to it called the child. The parents of the original transaction with your stuck Bitcoins that are stuck because the transaction fee rose while you were sending them. And then the, they could send another transaction that's dependent on the transaction that you sent that's dependent on the change, basically. So basically they send a transaction that's dependent on the change from your stuck transaction. And then... If they put a high enough fee on that, Bitcoin mining software automatically groups dependent transactions together and averages out the fees across them. So let's say the fee is too low on the one where the Bitcoin got stuck, the original transaction, which is the parent. The child transaction that's sent based on the change transaction is dependent on the change transaction from the original transaction. So then both transactions will go through because the mining software averages the child and the parent together. So then your stuck Bitcoin transaction goes through and then the Coinbase customers are happier because... They've instituted this now. Coinbase sends a child transaction with much higher fees if a Bitcoin transaction is stuck and pending for four blocks or more. So no one has to wait more than an hour anymore for their Bitcoins to come from Coinbase because Coinbase does child pays for parent. And apparently other exchanges have done this in the past. Now for our final story of the day. Google product director Steve Lee said, if you own 0.28 Bitcoins and hold them, you could be starting no more than 1% of the current world's population could ever own more Bitcoin than you. A modest investment of $1,800 today could assure you to be a 1%er in the future Bitcoin world. So he's right about that. I went even further and did a simple thought experiment based on that. So there's 17.3 million Bitcoins in circulation right now, but there's 7.5 billion people in the world. So let's say all the Bitcoins were distributed evenly to every single person in the world. There'd be 0.0023 Bitcoins for each person in the world. That's only $15 a Bitcoin. 
But that just goes to show how scarce Bitcoin is. And there can only ever be 21 million Bitcoins in existence. That's hard-coded into Bitcoin, and that's a lot better than fiat currency like the U.S. dollar where the government can keep printing it and printing it. Bitcoin, there can only ever be 21 million coins. So if you look at the population forecast, they're saying by the year 2050, and the United States Census Bureau and the United Nations both have the similar forecast of about 9.4 to 9.5 billion people by 2050. That's 2 billion more than today. So if you take like 21 million Bitcoins divided by 9.5 billion people in the year 2050, that's 0.0022 Bitcoins per person, slightly less than today. So basically, if the entire world switches to Bitcoin, which is quite possible since fiat currency is devaluating across the world constantly, that's just the nature of it due to money printing. Basically, governments are using fiat currency to like balance their budgets. Like the United States government has a trillion dollar budget deficit and they're printing that much money basically every year to balance out their budget. So they're abusing the US dollar to make money off of it, basically. And Bitcoin doesn't have this problem. Bitcoin's not attached to a central organization and not being abused for balancing a budget. So long-term fiat currencies will go down as countries have crises and they abuse their fiat currency, but Bitcoin will just hold its value, if not gain value, because people will flock to Bitcoin because it's actually holding value. So let's say we get to the hyper-Bitcoinized world where Bitcoin's the only currency then 0 0.0023 or 0.0022 Bitcoins, all the Bitcoin available for each individual person in the future. And also, this is a similar. I talked about this story on the radio show in the past. And also, I wrote an article on Bitcoin News. There was a time traveler on Reddit who says he was from the future. And he actually made a really accurate Bitcoin price prediction like four years ago. So... And he says, in the future, anyone with 0 0.01 Bitcoin has enough money to retire and live comfortably for their entire lives. Anyone with 0 0.001 Bitcoin, that's about what you earn if you work really hard and you have a decent job. 0 0.001 Bitcoin is going to be the life savings for a normal person. And then anyone that has 0 0.1 Bitcoin is like super duper wealthy, like those people with the mansions and the yachts and such and the helicopter. So 0 0.1 Bitcoin is like super wealthy. We're not even talking about one whole Bitcoin. Goodness. Those people are going to be super duper duper rich. So this time traveler, even though maybe this is a fantasy, probably is. He's probably not a time traveler. But his math works out right because we just did the math. It's like 0 0.0022 Bitcoins per person. And that's not even taking into account that a lot of people, like in our current world, the rich people hoard a lot of money. They're called the one percenters. They hoard like billions of dollars, millions of dollars to themselves. So like everyone else on average has a lot less money. So like 0 0.001 Bitcoin is probably the most anyone will have that's normal. So these calculations work out correctly. So the time traveler actually gave the right numbers at least for how much Bitcoin would be in the per person in the future if the whole world adopts Bitcoin and fiat currency collapses. So we have a lot to look forward to. That's all we have for you today on this October 3rd, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com daily podcast. Go to BitcoinNews.com for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and crypto analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. Adios, amigos.